cats that live indoors do not live in a natural environment. So it is our job to give them enrichment. Join us as we chat to amazing cat explorers and experts. Dive into the tips and tricks that you can use while exploring with your cat. They share the war stories, we celebrate the wins, laugh at the horror experiences and the funny moments that have been a part of their journey. everyone welcome to the cat explorer podcast i'm hasara and i'm daniel before we jump into today's exciting chat we would love it if you could screenshot this podcast on your phone post it to your instagram stories and tag us at catexplorer.community and our awesome guests at cat.school to let us know that you're listening along we'll reshare it in our stories and we're really excited to hear your main takeaways and what you think of today's episode so when we first adopted lumos and noxy we heard about clicker training and its amazing benefits so as new cat parents, we purchased a clicker from eBay and tried it out. And I'm not going to lie, it was a bit of a failure. We honestly had no idea what we were doing, and we thought, oh, that's the end of it. And fast forward to a year later, and we started to have a few issues with Lumos being a bit aggressive, probably doing um, perhaps because he was bored. And at the same time, I stumbled across Cat School on Instagram and realized it was a program, and I thought, let's just give it a go. And wow. We, we haven't finished the program yet, but the change in Lumos has been incredible. And on top of that, Noxie's gotten involved with the training too. And Julie from Cat School has been incredible with supporting us and answering all our silly questions. And we're really excited to chat to her today, not just about clicker training, but just training cats in general. Welcome to the show, Julie. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Um, we'd love to hear the story behind Cat School. How'd you get started? Okay, so <laughs> I was working as a dog trainer, and um, I had, I have, still have two difficult dogs, so that was kind of my thing. I was dog lady by day, and then at night with my own dogs, taking them out and training them, so my life was all about dogs. And one day, I was just on the phone with a friend, and I heard this faint meow, and of course, I just had to investigate, so I went outside and there was this tiny kitten that was hiding under um, a bike. So, of course, I tried to catch this kitten and the kitten ended up going under a porch. So I had to text my husband. And anyway, he came out. And after, you know, several minutes, we managed to bring this kitten inside. Uh, of course, the kitten was covered in fleas. We cleaned him up. And then I was um, going to take the next steps to get him adopted because our dogs did not like cats we actually had a cat at the time and our whole house was separated to accommodate the fact that they did not get along so we had a gate so the cat could have her own zone so I was the last thing I was thinking was that we were going to have another cat and in our house anyway uh, fast forward um, I separated the animals and thought you know I'm going to just keep keep trying to find a home for this kitten and he was so bold. He just kept passing through the gate. He would come down the stairs. The dogs would bark and lunge at him. And then he would just run back up. And he kept doing it over and over again until finally they were just like, this is exhausting. And they stopped barking at him. So that was my first, uh, the first like uh, time I got to see that this like would actually might work. That uh, So anyway, he stayed on a little, he stayed in our house a little bit longer, but, and then, um, I was always doing training with my dogs at night to tire them out. And the next thing I know, he's like sitting right there <laughs> wanting to be involved. 
So it was just so funny. I, I, I mean, he was always watching what we were doing and wanting to, to be involved. Of course, he's very food motivated. So I just started to think, like, why not? Why not train him? I had never trained our other cat, and I just never thought of it about it like most people. And so I started training him, and of course, he learned the first behavior quickly. And then I thought, I wonder if I could teach him all of the behaviors that I've taught my dogs. And and then I just started doing that. I posted it on Instagram. I had an account for dog tricks. As soon as I posted the tricks on Instagram, people were right away reaching out to me like, how did you train your cat? And so I started direct messaging them and answering questions and everything. And I was just, and I started looking around and realized that no one was really doing cat training. So I made a bold move and changed my dog's Instagram account to a cat Instagram account, <laughs> called it cat school. And that was that. So even if people scroll down uh, my Instagram account, they can see some dog tricks, you know, way back when, because that's, that's what I was doing. But yeah, basically, it was just the way it all happened was amazing. Like it, this cat entered my life and literally changed everything. That's awesome. And so that's Jones. Jones yes, is that's name, Jones. But what I should mention was that our other cat watching Jones became so much bolder. She started passing through the gate too, coming downstairs because once she realized that the dogs were just all bark and no bite, um, she started getting bolder. So I would find her downstairs too. It was just the whole thing was really funny and it was so eye opening for me. And then of course she wanted to do training um, which was amazing. She was always showing up like it was just funny to see her come out of her shell. It made me a little sad because I had missed all those years that I could have been doing more stuff with her. So that was the sad part. And she died a year ago um, at this time. So it, it was just, yeah, I got to see people always ask me about training an older cat. So she definitely taught me that lesson that you can train an older cat uh, she loved it. She probably loved it even more than Jones did. That's the funny thing, because I think she was starving for the attention and stuff as well. So it was it was really transforming for both of them. Wow, that's amazing. It's um, and I think something that we keep learning is that age is just a number. Like you can learn anything at any age, and she definitely proved that. And it's so lovely that she got to do that. At, like not all cats get that chance to learn all those tricks and spend that time. So. Yeah, really for sure. I always say like, yeah, age is not a limiting factor on learning. That's what I say to people. And, you know, it's kind of funny when we even come up with that question, because we know that like, with people, you know, you don't want to say you have to stop learning at a certain age, it seems unfair. But people do think that with an older cat, they just can't start training them. They missed their chance. And it's not true at all. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree. Um, and also, like, jo the stuff that Jones does is incredible. Like, his total tra cat training goals for us. Um, <laughs> and, like, so many of his videos have gone viral as well. Like, can you tell us some of the stuff that he does that he can do? Um, yeah, he's got a lot of tricks for sure. <laughs> and he picks them up really quickly. So, I mean, he's got all the paw shake behaviors. So high five, low five, fist bump, all those and put it together in a little routine. He's got um, his favorite is rollover. He just loves rolling over. So rolling over, um, he does his spins. He does jumping through arms. 
We do lots of leg lifts. I, I don't know if you remember those, but those leg lifts where he lifts his paws with my my I, legs. Yeah, so he does. Uh, he just has tons of tricks. I mean, there's nothing I can't teach that guy. <laughs> he loves it. So it's just my so creativity. Cool. Yeah, the more creative yeah. I am, the more tricks he can learn. Like, yeah, he's there's no limitations yeah. with him. That's so awesome. Have you had any really entertaining comments that you've heard or read about the tricks and stuff that he can do? Um, the like, I mean, people love. Well, it's funny. I think that certain people resonate with certain tricks. So even though I might do something that's super technical, like I find I get impressed when I see other trainers doing technical stuff or I do something technical and I'm like, look how cool this is. And people are like, meh. <laughs> I do something that that like to me isn't a big deal and people love it. So um rollover certainly is one of the ones that people seem to really love. Uh and the paw, everything with paw people seem to really love. So those are the ones that kind of get the most, I would say get the most attention. It certainly has been a learning experience for me to see what people what people like versus what I think is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of funny because I'm always looking at like wow this was such hard work to train but people don't know that and they just want to see something cute you know so sometimes the simplest ones are the ones that get the most um, response that's the, the thing something that took me like 10 minutes to train <laughs> so so what would you say is a technical um trick or something because for us like the poor ones have been a bit of a challenge because Lumos isn't a huge fan, but I imagine there are some that are way more technical than that. Um, well, the one one that I'm working on right now is like walking backwards in a circle around my legs. <laughs> so that one's pretty technical. So because yeah, he has to stay, yeah, he has to stay close to my legs and walk backwards, kind of like reversing a car, right? Like they have to think about what way they're turning their body as they walk backwards. So to me, that's really technical. Um, yeah. So that's kind of one that we're working on right now that I would say is, is pretty challenging. Oh, wow. You know, it's interesting because like, because I've been following you for a while and some other cats who are amazing at doing tricks and it's kind of changed my perception of what cats can do, but there still is that perception that cats can't be trained can you explain why this is a myth like what yeah can this yeah I don't well I don't know where it started from but maybe people like the idea that they can't be trained I think people are attached to it because it makes them feel like you know this is what a dog is for and this is what a cat is for and we can put them in their separate boxes so to speak and it makes people feel comfortable and then when you take them out of that sort of category that people have created I think it makes them feel a little bit uncomfortable because then it's like well well maybe you know we have to think differently about our pet like <laughs> we're so mm. used to and, and maybe there's something associated with it like the independence it could be associated with um humans having you know to do less well our cats are just happy being independent and then as soon as you attach a training thing to it, it, it might be associated with work, too. So I don't I don't really know where it came from. I've never read anything about like well, the first person who said cats aren't trainable. It's certainly not true. Um, but uh, people do cling to it. 
They really do. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do get bad, um, some bad comments saying like animal abuse. <laughs> and really? Yeah, I do. And there's another trainer who just reached out to me and I asked her why her account is private. And she said, like, she gets tons of negative comments and like I, people associate it with the circus. Right. And in the circus, you see, see animals doing tricks and it's demeaning. So you you can see why people could see it, that a cat doing rollover could be demeaning. Um, but in the circus, animals are forced to do tricks. Here, when you're doing training, the animal has a chance to come and go if they don't want to do it. It's not like anyone is starving their cat and saying, if you don't roll over, you're not going to get your food. It's a it's a reward for doing. It's like a paycheck. So mm. I think there's like a the, the circus uh, association doesn't help um, because people do see that and they think, you know, it's 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 not it, it is like an abusive thing. It's it's backwards, unfortunately, because it is animal enrichment. So it's a shame. Um, and, and I still haven't figured out the best way to kind of respond to it in, in like the most, I guess, effective way to see to help people understand that it's uh, because if you look at zoos, for instance, zoos have animal enrichment and the animals get training to enrich their life. But how the animal came to be in a zoo or is could be a negative thing. So there's still so like some zoos might be doing, um, you know, helping uh, endangered species. So if that was, you know, where the animal is being in a in a zoo, for instance, because, um, you know, this is an endangered species and they have to help you know, grow, you know, grow the population. Well, that's a good mission, right? Well, obviously, that animal is going to need enrichment, because they're in a a, a more of a confined area. So it's just like layers and layers of understanding. But like SeaWorld, for instance, you have animals who are taken from, you know, not from a good, like, not naturally, they're naturally in the wild, and then they end up at, at SeaWorld. So obviously, when you see them doing tricks, that's a negative thing, because, we want we don't want animals stole, stolen like dolphins stolen from their pod and then brought to SeaWorld to do tricks. So anyway, you I, the, I guess what I'm trying to say is I can understand where people are coming from. But what I do want to say is that cats that live indoors do not live in a natural environment. So it is our job to give them enrichment. Mm-hmm. So that's well kind of I completely, yeah, completely agree. I think you you made a good point there where it's a lot of layers to that, you know, to that argument. And there's a lot of things that, you know, there's factors that come into play that it's not necessarily one one argument that will apply to all, one response that will sort of cover off on all situations. But generally speaking, <clears throat> the idea is that we're trying to enrich the lives of our cats and, and dogs as well. Because you said you started in the dog world and you mm-hmm. are a certified dog trainer. And animal behavioral, um, you've got a background in animal, animal behavior as well. So I think bottom line, it's about trying to enrich that um, livelihood for them and trying to also teach them commands and so forth that will make them safer in a lot of respects. Like some of the tricks, as you know, they're not all party tricks type sort of items that we're teaching. We're also teaching commands to make them safe when they go out exploring. So there's a lot of layers to it. And I think a lot of these comments come from assumptions and mis 
misconceptions and misguided um, advice that they've been given in the past. Exactly. A hundred percent. Yeah, it is confusing because of like what uh, that whole story I just mentioned with everything in terms of zoos and animal welfare. But sometimes I just tell people, look up animal enrichment and then you might understand better. But uh, you're a hundred percent right. It's not just fun. It's practical behaviors that we're teaching, too. So it's a combination of both. Like if and that's the other thing that people get um, confused with, like they see a trick and they think, Oh, you know, that's silly. But all behaviors to the animal are just the same. Like whether you do a rollover or sit, you're doing the same thing. Your cat is learning a signal. It's like kind of like sign language, right? You're giving your cat a signal. Well, imagine if you were playing a game like sign language and you only had three signals, it would be boring. So the more you have, the more fun it is. You give your cat 20 different signals, well, suddenly you're really challenging them. So, you know, to them, it's doesn't really matter if they're rolling over, they're sitting, they're jumping, you know, for me, it's more about like, which ones are, are, are fun, what gives them exercise and what's practical. And I try to do a combination when I train, I always try to do, you know, one that's exercise. So like they're jumping on me or jumping over a jump. And then one that's more brain work. So they have to concentrate and then something fun. So I try to mix it up. But yeah, there's, there's a variety of different things. And, but to them, it's, it's no different. They don't care if they're rolling over. They might like rolling over. <laughs> like, actually, the behaviors that we we teach, we want them to like doing. So it, for dogs, some dogs don't actually like rolling over because it's awkward for them. Um, cats are very agile, so I don't think it's a challenge. But if a dog is, you know, has a, like a large chest, it might be awkward for them. So you wouldn't want to do uh, a, a behavior that's awkward for the animal. Mm-hmm. You kind of want, like Jones actually doesn't really like balancing. So I try not to do too much of, he, he doesn't like being off balance. So if there's like uh, jumping on my hands or something and he feels unsteady, those ones are the ones that he dislikes the most. He likes mm-hmm. having his feet on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so you do have to kind of respect what they, what they like. That's important too. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That's a really good point because um, we're still trying to figure out how Lumos feels about fist bumps and stuff because he will make a meow, but I think that's because he's trying to understand what to do mm-hmm. as well because we're trying to encourage him to use both paws as well, which he's getting better at. So. Yes, yes. Yeah, definitely. Well, the um, other thing about the paws, though, is just want to say is, like, they're really sensitive with their paws. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. So touching our hands and putting their paws on stuff is actually sometimes a big challenge for them. Like I know um, when I try to teach people to get their cat to go on a mat, they'll often say, my cat will avoid the mat. And that's because putting their paws on something that's unfamiliar is actually can be stressful for them. So it's just like, we don't even really know, um, you know, we don't know all the reasons. And it could be that, you know, using the paws and touching your hands might be something that, you know, he's uncomfortable with, but who knows? And with some of those behaviors, though, I do say, like with Jones's balance, even though he might not love it, I try to work on it because I want him to improve his balance. So it's kind of like a fine line. So you want to keep your cat happy, but you also might recognize, okay, well, this might be something I want my cat to go on a mat, I got to get past this. So then you just make that one extra special. So like, for instance, with the mat, I would tell someone to put really good treats on there, just so that they the mat becomes an amazing thing. So mm-hmm. it is a fine line between saying my cat doesn't like this and trying to change their mind about it. So it might end up being the fist bump might end up being your cat's favorite behavior because you, you know, it's time spent together and they get good treats. Mm. 
that's a really good point as well. And I think um, what I found with that is that it's positive to spend that time with him as well because when he does do it, he's he gets really happy. Like, it'll take mm-hmm. him a while to realise that. I think what his frustration right now is because we're trying to get him to do it with both paws. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he used to work with just one paw and now mm-hmm. I use the other one I need to think about it. So Yeah. yeah definitely. Frustration and, definitely can be a factor in, yeah. you know, if they get frustrated and you do want to reduce the frustration and it is yeah. important to do that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so I mentioned this before, one, uh, one of the positives that we've learned with the clicker training is that Lumos has become a lot less aggressive. Um, and because I think he's enjoying it. He's finding it really interesting. He knows 6.15 PM every day is clicker training time. And he lets us know what are the other benefits to clicker training or training, uh, up, not just clicker training, training yeah. on cats. Yeah, so, um, well, it is the activity, so just something to do together, the mental stimulation, so thinking, problem solving, um, and then the exercise. So if you are doing anything like agility jumps, so there's the exercise. So those are kind of like the top three. And then I think just for cats, their day can be quite monotonous. So for them, it's just something to do. Like they're going to get to have fun and interact with you in this constructive way. Oh, that's the other thing is like teaching um, them how to interact with uh, with humans, because I think, you know, they don't really know sometimes how to interact with us. And I get that a lot from people. They're like, my cat's biting me. And but all of a sudden, when you train them, they start, okay, this is what is expected of me. So they start to understand how to work with their people. So yeah, preventing problem behaviors would be a, really- a big one too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and like, I've done a bit of Googling about like, so for example, a challenge we have is that Lumos and Oxy like getting on our kitchen counter. Yes. And <laughs> things like that. And there's like a lot of information about using like aversive techniques, like squirt bottles and scat mats and stuff like that. What are your thoughts on aversive training methods? Um, so I don't believe in using any aversives. I believe in just becoming a really good trainer and practicing and teaching the animal the behavior that you want. One of the reasons that it, it's not a good idea to use aversives is that it can cause anxiety in the animal because they don't really understand why they're getting this thing sprayed at them. So they, you know, they might not connect and then they can associate it with you. You're holding the spray bottle. So if you're not doing it properly, it can actually lead to anxiety. Um, and then the second thing I would say is that I believe in being a teacher. So you really want to teach the animal the behavior that you want. So um, that's my focus, and I will just spend all my time helping to communicate the behavior that I want. So in the case of countersurfing, my goal would be to teach the animal where I want them to go. So if their motivation is that they want food, then I would have them go to a spot where uh, that I would be giving them food so they understand where they need to be instead if that's what they're trying to communicate to me. So uh, my goal would be to always teach an alternative behavior. And that's where I put all my energy because that's that's what I want to be good at. I want to be a great trainer. So I'm not going to spend time, um, you know, focusing on things that aren't my aren't my expertise and could possibly cause my animals stress. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. Um, I think like squirt bottles seem to have gained like a they're like really popular they seem to be used by a lot of people, but that's a really good point in that it causes anxiety and it causes your 
pet to be anxious about you because you're the one using it. Yeah. Um, well, also, please. like, I, I just think, sorry, I just think of the people that, like, spend time with the sticky mats and everything. Like, I can't even imagine going and purchasing sticky mats and putting them on the counter and making sure, having to tell people that everyone in the family has to put them on the counter. Like, it would just be so much work. I would way rather spend time doing a couple training sessions and <laughs> just I can't, going to the art store and getting sticky mats is not something. But the reason that people do the squirt bottle and stuff is just because they're everyone wants a quick fix. You know, yeah. it's just seems like an easy solution. Get the, the squirt bottle out um, or the can with air. Uh, that's another one that I've seen people use. So it like sprays air and yeah, but like even the amount of time it takes to find it, to buy it from the store, to bring it home, to figure out where you're setting it up. Like by that point, you could have already trained your cat. <laughs> well, we actually have a story on that. So because the counter surfing is something that we're working on. And so we thought, oh, let's get the sticky like double sided tape. Yeah. So we put that on all our counters. It worked for a day. It <laughs> took us a year to take it all off. So oh. our friends would just come over and the activity everyone would do while they're talking to each other is just take off the double-sided tape. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's a pain. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean. Like, I've never done it, but I could just imagine the effort that goes in. <laughs> and you're having dinner and you're like, okay, I can't put my hand there and I can't put my hand there. Oh, Yep, I could just, yeah, and you're fighting. I'd be fighting with my husband. Like, you need to put the sticky mask down. <laughs> I could just, just imagine. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. <laughs> so then on the other side, what kind of forms of training can we do? Because we've kind of spoken about what you what the end result is, but what kinds of training can you do with your cat? So in terms of solving problem behavior, you mean like this, the counter surfing? Oh, yeah. Or like, um, for example, like clicker training or um, other types of positive reinforcement that we can use. So, well, I mean, clicker training and positive reinforcement are essentially the same thing. So when we say positive reinforcement, we're saying behavior that is rewarded increases. So that's that's what positive reinforcement, you're rewarding a behavior. The clicker is just like a bonus. <laughs> so because you need that marker to tell the animal at the split second that they did something right. So for instance, if your cat um, sat and then got up and then you gave them a treat, they wouldn't really know if they're getting a treat for sitting or walking towards you. So like say your cat sat and then you opened up the drawer to give them a treat and at that point they've now come to you. So which behavior are, re are you rewarding? But if you use a clicker, you could click when they sat and now you're saying, so I always use the clicker, but you don't have to use a clicker. You could you could still use a marker like the word yes. So if your cat, say you didn't have the clicker handy and your cat sat down, you could use a, a verbal marker like yes. And that still could mean the same thing. You did it correctly and you're getting a treat. But I do really like using a marker. Um, and I think that it is an important component of giving the animal clear communication. So... Uh, so yeah, so it's positive training. It's a form of positive training, but it's marker based. We don't mark like marker based training because you're using a marker to tell the cat the split second that they did the behavior, like you're taking a snapshot of their behavior and you're saying that's the behavior that's getting you the treat. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, 
we initially started trying to do it with then so Lumos and Noxie's name, but then when they do something naughty out of frustration, you accidentally say the name. So we yeah. realized that that was a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah. You have to be careful what word you use. Cause if you say, you know, if you use the word yes, and then you're talking to each other and you go, yes, but that's the thing is the clicker is just such a precise tool and it has a very distinct sound. So, mm. you know, it's for teaching. If you're actually setting out teacher behavior, then it's great. If you just want to do maintenance and, you know, you call your cat to come to you and then you just go and get them a treat, you don't have to do everything fancy. But if when you're actually setting out to teach them a behavior, the clicker is very, very, very helpful. Yeah, definitely. And so what is the best way to start clicker training a cat? Um, So some people say that you need to first teach them what the click means. So you have to click, treat, click, treat, click, treat. You do that, you know, 10 times. I don't really do that. I like I like starting with the target stick. They touch the target stick with their nose and then you click and then you throw a treat. On their way back, they touch the target stick again, click, and, and I just do that. Or I would just do the exact same exercise but do it with them coming to you. So you throw a treat away, then they come back, you click, throw another treat away, they come back to you and click. They get that the click means treat pretty quickly. Um, so, but sometimes people have trouble in the beginning just because the cat doesn't move around a lot. So even after you throw the treat, they might just sit down and not come to you again. So what I usually do is just try to tell people to get their cat moving a little bit with throwing treats because it's so new and the cat's kind of like, what is this? What are we doing here? This is confusing. It's not about the clicker. It's just about the fact that the animal isn't really, like the cat isn't really responding to the activity at all. They're just kind of sitting there looking at you like, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why I try to encourage like the, the food toss, throw food, kind of shake your treat bag, and then they come back to you, throw food, just so they actually start moving. And then you can mm-hmm. add in um, the click once they're already moving, or you could add in the target stick. Yep, definitely. And on the target stick for those who might not have seen it, the one that um, we've been using anyway is is literally a stick with a little, I suppose, a ball end on yep, it, yep. and it's got a clicker on it. So um, that's what a target stick is. And a clicker is a thing that makes a clicking noise. <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> else to explain that. Yeah. yeah, so a clicker is a handheld device that makes a clicking sound. And that you're telling like the cat what they're doing right. So if you were teaching paw, you want to click when the, the cat raises their paw so that the cat knows, oh, I'm getting a treat for raising my paw. Yeah. And it's the like target a, stick, sorry. And just to say, the target stick actually has a retractable end on it. So it's like a radio antenna. So you can actually pull it out to make it longer and make it shorter with that ball end. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um. So it's a bit of a joke in our household. Lumos isn't very clever, whereas Noxie's the one who's got the brains. She's always the one that does the cheeky stuff. But with clicker training, we found that Lumos is the star because he's such so food motivated. And mm-hmm. while Noxie is getting a little interested now, she's not very food motivated. So do you have any suggestions on how to train a cat who's not food motivated? Um I mean, that one is always the hardest one for me and probably the one I struggle with the most when people ask me because I don't know what's going on in their houses. Like, I don't know what people are feeding. So I do always have to start peeling away the layers like, what are you feeding your cat? How many meals? What are the amounts? Like all those things. And then what treats are you using? So um, it becomes a bit 
complicated to help people motivate uh, their cat. You can motivate your cat with toys and stuff, but uh, in my opinion, it's worth it to spend the time building up the motivation for food by playing with all the variables. So that might, and so also the the other variable could be the time of day that you're training. So you want to make sure that you're training before the meal time too, because that will increase your cat's motivation. So, so yeah, with all those variables, I, um, I try to work with people to help them, you know, kind of try different things. Um, but at the end of the day, if the person isn't that interested in training, I do find this is where I lose them because they will often say, oh, my cat's not food motivated. But of course, if it was me, um, I would just keep trying different things like trying different treats. The other challenge with cats is that they are finicky, but the, and, and, but the problem is that getting them to like food has to be a slow process. And a lot of people will just get try with a treat and then they'll say, okay, well, they didn't like that. And I'll try something else. When if they spent 10 days sprinkling a tiny bit and then the next day sprinkling a tiny bit more and mixing it in their food, their cat might start to like it. And mm-hmm. there are studies with people too learning to like food. So there is like evidence that you can teach. Um, I almost tried to do it with myself because I hate celery and everyone's saying it's so good for you. <laughs> so I was looking into it because I, I really want to like celery. Um, so there are ways to get humans and animals to like new foods and to be more, uh, well, sorry, to like new foods. In terms of the food motivation, it comes down to, again, all those different variables. So what I would say is you're not going to get the same results if you don't have um, good food to work with. Like if you try doing toys and other things, people do do it. You could like, for instance, pat your cat as a reward. Um, So people do, they do, some cats do like the social, like the affection. So you could use that as a reward. But when it comes to teaching something technical, like rollover, you've got you've got to have the placement of the food is going to get you to help the animal know what the behavior is and stuff. So, yeah, it's a it's a complicated one, unfortunately. And I just hope people keep trying and try to do a bit of a slow process and try to work with all the different variables. Um, I, that's yeah, I definitely agree with that one, because um. What I found with Noxie, it really surprised me, was that she loves the... So we have some kibble that we give them that's just for their teeth. So not greenies. They don't like greenies, but they like this kibble. She loves that kibble. So she's been working on that. And then we've found a new treat that she likes. And like she, um, Lumos's sessions tend to... He just loves it so much that it tends to go for about 30 minutes. Oh, Noxie's will only go for five minutes. So like it's just knowing their differences and stuff like that. Mm. So yeah. That's really helped. Yeah. And five minutes is absolutely fine. Like if that's, yeah. you know, that's where you start, that's fine. Sometimes they even say if the cat will do only four behaviors, like just do four tries and then that's it. And then the next day you start with a little bit more and you try to work with, um, oh, unfortunately with, with pet training, a lot of people do quit a little early <laughs> and it's really hard to say to them, oh, come on, just try a little harder. Try doing a few because really it's so worth it. But it's hard when you're, you know, on the other side of the screen and, or in Instagram, someone's asking me a question. I'm just like, oh, I really wish you would try, you know, but how many, I, I'm not going to, it's hard for me to be the person that says, 
oh, try this other brand of freeze-dried chicken after they told me they had to throw out the whole, you know, one whole bag of this brand. I'm like, no, try this brand now and try this brand. So it's it's hard for me to say keep trying. But if it was my cat, of course, I would try everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the advice that we've heard, and uh, it seems to work for us as well, it's just one catering to the cat's behavior and um, likes and dislikes like, what we've done with the five minutes versus 30 minutes and also trying it and doing it consistently every day to try and build that momentum, build that um, encouragement for them as well has helped us. It's not about, you know, trying to do two hours in one week and then not touching it for three weeks again. It's, it's more about trying to do a little bit every day, chipping away at it. And that's really made a difference for us. Mm, Exactly. And we, we call that commercial break training when you train at commercials for five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the best training, commercial break training. You're, you, there's a commercial. All right, let's train the cat. And then that's it. <laughs> Just that's a, a really little, smart idea, yeah, actually. I love it. The little ones add up. It's like anything, wow. though. You know, if you do yoga 20 minutes every day, you're going to get a lot better than doing yoga once, you know, once every two weeks for two hours. So mm. it really makes a difference to do those small sessions. Yeah, so do you have any other suggestions on how we could add clicker training into our routine? So at the moment, what we do is, um, because I work from home, so as soon as I finish work, the first thing I do is clicker train and then feed the cats. But what are other ways of adding it into our routine? Like the commercial break, I love that. That's an awesome idea. (laughs) Um, Well, so each time before you feed them, I would say try to do a couple of behaviors um, sometimes like I do this with Jones, if he's walking towards me, I'll just put my leg or my arm up to see if he will jump over it. Like I don't have, you know, my equipment or I'm just kind of curious, like, will he do it? And when he does it, of course I make a big deal about it and stuff. And if he walks around me, I, I laugh cause he's totally like, nah, no, thanks. So I will randomly throughout the day, ask him to do stuff, but I won't, I won't have my clicker out. I won't have anything. And I'll just, you know, if he does it, I'll make a big deal. I'll go and get him a treat. If he doesn't do it, I'll laugh and kind of, you know, just, it's just funny. Like he knows what I want and he's like, no, no, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. I think they do that sometimes. Yeah. Um, And I have to say, yeah, it is really funny. Um, so I'm really proud of how far, like, I'm pretty sure you can tell, I'm really proud of how far Lumos has come. Like, it's not something that I ever actually expected him to be able to do. But he and definitely Noxie, I find they get really distracted easily. Like, even Daniel coming down the stairs, they will get distracted mm-hmm. during our sessions or um, a small sound outside will get him running to the window. And mm-hmm. he'll do it for a couple of seconds. And he, lately he's become better at coming back to train again. Do you have any suggestions on how we can just um, like reduce the potential distractions during training? Uh, well, you can try to figure out if you can train in a different room. Like I actually train in the bathroom a lot because we have a small apartment and the dogs and everything. So like the bat, you'll probably see some of my videos are in the bathroom. <laughs> like oh, it's cool. just a really quiet, small space and there's no distractions. So yeah, you can, um, if like I want to say if the cat walks away you can walk away and you so that's like you're saying if you leave it's over kind of thing you can experiment with that and see if it makes a difference because if you walk away then you're saying you know like we're done (laughs) and the cat misses out from coming back but I don't know if they'll really make that connection like it would have to happen a lot um and 
I think it would even be more complicated than worth it. But I'm trying to think what else you could do. Um, I mean, if you're really serious about training, you might look at some of the different variables again, going back to, you know, the time of day and what treats are you using and see if it makes a difference. And then I guess the last thing is when we raise cats again. So like if I was ever to get another kitten, um, I would do more socialization and so that the cat is more used to sounds and all that stuff. Cause you know, I didn't do any of that. Um, and I wonder if that would make a difference too, because so many people's cats are just so spooky about things. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we just don't really think about the socialization. Like with dogs, it's a big deal. We make a big deal about socializing them to everything and the outdoors and stuff. And then with cats, we're just like, okay, whatever, we have a cat. <laughs> But maybe they would be different if we had done more with them when they're kittens and taking them outside and introduce them to more people and stuff. So, but they are diff- innately they they have a different behavioral ecology than than dogs do, and that means that they are more they probably are more sensitive to um, sounds and in the environment and stuff. So it might just be a natural part of of working with cats um, that you see that you know they do get they are more sensitive to the sounds and stuff in the environment. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, actually it's interesting now that you mention it, like ever since we started clicker training and exploring with Lumos and Noxie, yeah, they'll turn around and look at something and sounds and stuff, but I find that they're not as spooked. Do you find that? Yeah. Yeah, Generally, I think so. Yeah. Maybe it's just exposure or I don't know what it is. Sometimes, um, like, sometimes it just builds their confidence, right? Like, feeling in control of their environment, um, the predictability of the sessions, all those things. Like, they can just help an animal feel like they're in control when they know what is going on, and they can relax more. So that can be part of it, too. Um, There's so many things that we do with dogs, and I try to translate them into cats. But for dogs, like to build their confidence, we do things like body awareness. So they have to learn because animals are funny. Sometimes they don't really know their what's behind their two front legs, right? They can't really see that they have back legs and a tail and all that stuff. (laughs) So we do all these trainings with dogs to get them to like understand their back end. And you do agility with dogs so that they know when they jump, they have two back legs behind them and stuff. There's like so many things that we do with them differently um, to help them, you know, just be more confident in the world. And I, I do wonder if, if we did more with cats, like I said, when they're younger, if that would translate. But I don't know because I never I never did it with my cat. <laughs> and he is fearful. He is fearful, too. But he's he's very focused when he does his training. He doesn't get too distracted. Um, so I guess I'm lucky with that. That's awesome. And you, you're also training him to go out and about as well, aren't you? Yes, we are. We're, we're doing our exploring. How's that's that going? A, yeah, that's a, like, like I said, I didn't really train him when he was younger because I didn't think about it. It took a while before I started to do it. So uh, he, he is fearful of people. So, you know, when people pass, he definitely is nervous of them. Um, he loves his neighborhood walks. And now we're trying to get out more and do more, go on, you know, drives and go to parks and stuff. And that is a slower process. So he loves his walks, but he is definitely more on the fearful side. So I have to, you know, everything I have to do with him is just a slow uh, process. 
But at the end of the day, like right now we have a goal because we're actually going away and I want to take him in the car. And so I'm trying to push it a little bit. But before that, it didn't bother me at all because to me, the time we spend training is his enrichment. So how far we get, it's not about the destination. Like I didn't care because I knew I was just working on stuff with him. But um, now I actually do have a goal. So I pushing, I'm pushing him a little bit more and I'm learning along the way. Like, you know, if I push him too much, he's going to be um, fearful of me even because he's going to associate me with taking him into a, a zone where he's not comfortable. So I have to, I have to be careful um, not to push him too far, even though I, I have goals for him now um, yeah. of being in the car and going to parks and stuff. So how do you know when you've gone too far? I suppose, does that vary with each cat? Um, well, with him, it's like so clear. <laughs> so when I, I've learned, like, I can just tell you examples of what I've done recently where I've made mistakes. But basically, um, I put him in the car and I look and see if he'll eat his favorite food. If he doesn't, I can also look at his body language and I can tell he's he's terrified. So then like the next day he won't want to go out for a walk at all because he thinks we're going in the car so he, i could see he's even like he's so smart i could see he's suspicious of me <laughs> and everything connects with that bad experience so like he'll look at me and you know if he knows that his crate is associated with the car and he sees me bringing the crate he's like suspicious so I do have to be super careful with him. And um, there was a day when I drove him to the park and he just got really nervous. And um, like, I just, he wouldn't eat anything. And then when I brought him home, he, the next day too, he was like under the bed. He didn't want to come for me with a normal walk. He wouldn't go out. So like, you know, I make mistakes and I could totally see his behavior. He was like, no, no, no. (laughs) Now I'm not doing anything with you, lady. So, so how do you come back from something like that? Like, how do you change that negative? <laughs> well, it's hard when you're in a rush because you do want to push forward. But really, you just have to go slow and gain their trust again. The thing about Jones is he's really nervous, but he he gets past it so quickly. So like after the negative situation, he'll come into the house And then he'll like, if I want to do something else, he'll come out and, you know, he'll come out and do it. But the next day he remembers. So it's like that day he's like, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad after all. And he's he's fine. But then when it comes to the next day, he's like, "Uh, I don't want to do what we did yesterday. (laughs) So you just have to go slow. And, you know, uh, like he they learn, he learns routines. So that's why he knows, he always knows what I, that's what I mean by he, he gets over it quickly. Once we're back, he's like, okay, we're going to do something else now. That's fine. I'm, I'm back. But then the next day he remembered what we did. And I don't know, he's, uh, he's a sensitive boy in that respect. <laughs> I think they all are to a certain degree, like, um, definitely. So you, you mentioned that you're taking for walks and stuff like that. How did you train him to wear a harness? and walk on a leash because I believe you've got a program for that as well yes I have a harness program I don't use clicker training for that there's only one part so it's all just conditioning which is a different so yeah actually you asked about different types of training so that could that is one of them that so um clicker training is like as we talked about you're marking a specific behavior but 
there's just the, the conditioning side of training is when you want to um, just pair something good with the experience. So for the harness training, all I'm doing is pairing a harness with treats. The ant, like the cat doesn't have to do anything. I just want him to know that every time the harness comes out, something good happens. So he starts to learn to like the harness. So I would touch his the top of his body with the harness and then give him a treat. I would rub the harness along his back, give him a treat. I would place it gently on his back, give him a treat. And I just keep doing step by step by step by step building up slowly until he can wear it. And he doesn't have to do anything. Like he doesn't sit, he doesn't do anything. He just, the harness equals treats. That's all he needs to know. Okay, that's awesome. And I think now that you mention it, like that's kind of ish what we did with the with our backpacks as mm. well, is yeah. that initially Lumos and Noxy weren't a fan, but then we started showing them that by using the backpacks it means that we're going outside which is what they want to do and they want exactly. to go exploring and then now they jump in when we don't have time to go exploring oh so yeah that's they want to go. Yeah, yeah that's that I was hoping that would happen with Jones but it hasn't yet but that's amazing when that happens because that that's exactly what you want that took so, that did take a while yeah, yeah. But it's made Oh, no, that was going to say, that shows that you did it right. Like, when that happens, it's just beautiful. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah, good job. It made, it made everything so much easier as well. So yeah. Like, used to be in the very beginning, we were actually chasing them around the apartment, trying to get them into the harnesses to then get them into the backpacks. And they're yeah. quite uh, get, trying to get into the backpacks. But nowadays, it's just quite smooth and yeah. you know, seamless to try and get into the backpacks. And the great thing is... Uh, I don't know if everyone's seen the video. We've got one on Instagram where we're out and about and exploring and, you know, Noxie's had enough fun and stuff and she wants to get back in. She's told us I want to get in the backpack and she's automatically goes back in because that's her safe spot. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I've seen, I love that video. It's so, it's so indicative of like what I think is important for exploring is they need to have that safe zone. And uh, yeah, we're not there yet for sure. Like Jones and I have work to do until he, you know, recognizes that as a, a safe place yeah, it's definitely taken training don't get me wrong it's not a <laughs> overnight sensation sort of thing it's it takes a lot of harder work and effort yeah. but it's definitely worth it yeah it's well, taken we, a lot of time we've been busy doing tricks so i wasn't focused on the right stuff <laughs> no i think you've, you've done amazing stuff with him actually like talking about tricks like one thing i'd love to do because i've noticed um a lot of cats do this is they do their clicker training while they're out and about and they're exploring and stuff like that and i um and some members of our community have said that they do this to like get their like create a routine for every time they go to a new place you do like a few high fives and stuff like that and so with that in mind we always take the clicker with us but either we are too distracted or the cats are too distracted to do any of that training when we're out and about. So do you have any suggestions on how we can do that while we're exploring? Um, well, the first thing is, do they take treats when you're out? That's the first thing I would ask you. Yeah. Yes, they do. Okay, so that's good. So what I might just suggest is you try to capture um, something that they do and mark it with the clicker. So if they look at you, I would start with just them looking at you. Do they like turn and look at you? And it's different with dogs and cats because dogs do 
tend to look for their people. <laughs> um, the cats, eh, it's not as much, but of course there will be some cats that are more, um, that care more about their person when they're out exploring. Um, I actually haven't done this much with Jones, but when we are in front of our house, uh, I will try to encourage him to like be attuned to me, to show some attention to me. So what you can do is if they just look at you, then you click and give them, approach them and give them a treat. So then they start knowing, oh, every time I pay attention to her, I get something good. And then you might just start with their name. So if they respond to their name in the house, you could practice outside. So it's when it's not that distracting, say their name. And then when they look at you, again, go and reward that. So you're working on a name response. So eye contact and a name response. And then I would just say touch is a really good one. So touching the target stick or touching your finger um, can be a great, easy behavior to kind of work on. I would practice those three, see if they can learn to respond to their name uh, outside would be a big goal. Yeah, definitely that recall thing, especially if there's a situation where somehow you get separated or something that responding to the name is so critical. Um, mm-hmm. uh, our two are not there yet outside. <laughs> do they like being so picked up? Do your cats like being picked up outside? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah we don't have any issues with Sorry. that. Okay. Yeah. Cause some, like I know Jones doesn't love being picked up when he's, you know, doing his thing and stuff. So like if, if someone's cat didn't like being picked up, I would say like, pick your cat up, give them uh, food. So they get used to yeah. it. Oh, and that's such a really smart idea as well. Oh, that's really interesting how you can use like the clicker to enhance things that you need to do while you're out and about. Like, so like cool. you would use the clicker if when you're teaching behaviors, but if you wanted just to to like for your, for your cat to be okay with being picked up, you wouldn't be clicking for anything because they're not actually doing anything. So you would just pick them up and then let them lick their treat. Um, yeah, that kind of thing. So like um, in an emergency, you know, say a dog is coming, you want to be able to pick your cat up, say your cat doesn't like that, that's something you would practice. You just pick them up, let them lick the treat, that kind of thing. That's the conditioning behavior that you were talking about earlier. Exactly. Conditioning is like the conditioning is the Pavlov when you, you know, everyone knows the story with Pavlov. Um, Do you mind recounting it? (laughs) (laughs) that's the association where um the bell indicated that food was coming so yeah yeah you know like the dogs start salivating that's this the conditioned response so the Mm -hmm. dogs hear the bell and they started salivating because the bell predicts food so they just have an emotional basically conditioning is when you're creating that emotional response that the animal starts thinking it's a good thing because um it's paired the clicker, actually, this kind of gets a little bit more complicated, but the clicker does that, right? Because the clicker, they know the clicker. So when they hear it, they get a positive emotional response because it's always mm-hmm. paired with treats, right? So mm-hmm. they, they start to really like that sound. So if you always pair something with treats, um, then they end up getting a good emotional response to it. So they learn, you know, they learn to like it. So if you like going back to picking them up, if you just pick them up and they get a treat each time, but it's a little bit, behavior is complicated. So I'm oversimplifying it a little bit. <laughs> it's hard. But to- it makes, 
it makes sense like that I yeah I get that mm. yeah it's like imagine you didn't I always like imagine you didn't like spiders and every time you saw a spider you got a piece of chocolate so within time but it to make it work it'd have to be a really slow process like maybe the first time the spider was just a, a color someone colored a spider on a piece of paper (laughs) that's how you would start like you wouldn't start with a big tarantula (laughs) so you would start with like and then you know and then the next time you'd see a spider like a mile away (laughs) and you'd get a piece of chocolate and then slowly you'd get close eventually you might start to uh associate spiders with a good thing so that that's kind of like the idea behind it but the actual application of it like making the making you learn to like spiders um it it wouldn't be the easiest process <laughs> there would be a lot of steps there <laughs> but that's the idea that's behind it. <laughs> yeah that's actually daniel doesn't like spiders so i was just nudging him saying this is what we should do for you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you do a very slow process <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not overnight for sure yeah so every it's time daniel like, just he gets chocolate or something <laughs> <laughs> yep that's it that's what we're gonna do yep <laughs> so we've got um these four questions that we ask all our guests so um what do you hope to see in the future regarding the movement of cats who explore with their humans um i guess I just want to see more people doing it, uh, putting the harnesses on. Actually, to me, it doesn't really matter. I'm actually okay if people just take their cat out into the backyard. Like to me, Mm. the most important thing for me is that cats are indoors and that they get their enrichment. If all they want to do is go in the yard, I'm absolutely fine with that. Like I don't think every cat needs to be an explorer. I just think every cat needs to have an enriched life. And that means they should be able to like, you know, feel the grass under their paws and smell, you know, smell some flowers and see Mm. the sunlight and all that stuff in a safe way. That's, that's all I hope to see. I completely agree with you there. Like cats can go exploring in their backyards. That's quite a big big part of what we do. We think that that's, that's for some people, that's the first step. Some, for some people, that's what their cats do. So yeah that that is definitely a form of exploring like there's so yeah. many smells and so much to look at and just um, play with in the in many people's backyards that for a lot of cats that's you know more than enough and that's definitely a change of scenery from what they see inside mm-hmm. so exactly. there's no reason yeah. why you know exploring in the backyard is you know is an issue it's definitely exploring mm, yeah. yeah definitely and yeah and like for lumos and Noxy, their backyard is their one of their favorite spots so yeah because like think- you know when they feel comfortable like jones we don't have a backyard but he likes the front area um that's where he's comfortable but i think yeah if people did like some clicker training in their house and they let their cat go in the backyard on their harness and to me that's like a very good you know amount of enrichment so mm-hmm. I think that's their cat is safe. They're getting their needs met. Great. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm happy. <laughs> yep. I'm happy yeah, with that. exactly. Yep, exactly. So what's been the most entertaining comment someone said to you about Jones? Um, it's so funny because you're at like, it's funny that you're asking me about Jones and I just keep thinking of all the entertaining comments people have said, but it's not like Jones related like there are the funny comments I get on my Instagram are like people talking with their partners and their partners like 
oh, our cat's too stupid or and not that that's funny. It's not funny, but like I just I just see the back and forth between people. That yep. to me is funny. You know, yep. someone wants to train their cat and their partner's like, uh, it won't work. <laughs> uh, so those are the funny comments. Yep. Um, with Jones, I can't think of anything really. I don't always show that much of Jones too. Like um, a lot of the time I show other people training. I'm just kind of, that's that's the curating the account. It's like to show a lot of other people doing stuff. So I don't get a ton of, you know, funny comments with Jones. Mostly it's like, wow, that's really cool or whatever. Um, or that he's really smart or, you know, that kind of thing. Which I have to admit, like, I think the first time I showed Daniel the videos, I think that was your response as well, wasn't it? There's no way they'd do that. <laughs> Likely. Yeah. yeah. I don't recall exactly, but. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what I said. Yeah. 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 I think yeah, like that's I can, pretty much, yeah, the, the response that I get from a lot of yeah. people. And they, they're just like, okay. It, that's actually kind of what ended up happening is I think sometimes I look more like an entertainer than a teacher. And that was not my intention at all. <laughs> but I'm afraid a lot of people follow me on Instagram for entertainment or the other cats too for entertainment. Like I wish I knew, you know, how many people like don't even have a cat, but just want to see cats doing tricks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think that many people want to train their cat. I think most people want to just, you know, see it and laugh about it and whatever. But if somehow I can convince them to start, then I win. Cause that's the goal. Well, you convinced us. So yeah, <laughs> that's two <Yay>. cats. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, I, it's I, a process. Yeah. Breaking down. Yeah. I think the barriers for sure. Yeah, definitely. And for me, it was inspiration. It was like, oh, wow, we can do that. I think I'm also seeing other cats that we know do it as well. Yes, that, that like, is that was true. Amazing. I have people leaving comments like that. They're like, My, our cousin's cat can do this. Now we have to try it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's exactly what how I felt. So who are your favorite accounts to follow on Instagram and why? Oh my God. There's so many. If you look at me, I have like over a thousand people that I follow, which is hilarious because I know a lot of people don't follow that many people. And, um, I unfortunately think I miss out because I have so many people that I follow. I probably don't get to see all the people that, so the trainer nerd in me likes to see people who are doing cat training and inspire me. So those people I love following, um, so anyone who's doing, you know, cat training, I, I follow. Um, I'm trying to think what else. The, those are the ones that I really, I, I do spend a lot of time looking at like the hashtags, cat tricks, cat training. So I don't actually tend to do much more than I am working on Instagram. Like Instagram it, for me is a lot of work. So I'm trying to like mm -hmm. find what people are doing with their cat and show it off. So that's, um, that's kind of where I'm at. Like I don't tend to, though when I do stuff for myself, it's like more yoga accounts. <laughs> like I, <laughs> so I tend to look at that and the rest is like, okay, I got to see who's, who's doing something. And sometimes it's hard because there's not that many people training. Right. So I have to dig. It's not that like if, if I was curating a yoga account, I would have tons of material, but I actually need people to train more so I could have more material. So yeah. I try to encourage people to train so I can like have more people to feature. 
Yeah. So, have you seen anyone do anything that's just blown you away with their cat? Uh, well, I, I don't know if you follow the Ulti much. She's a friend of mine, and she lives uh, close to me. Although we've never met, but um, she's an amazing trainer, and um, she does. Her cat is um, she's the trainer for Pet Cemetery. So okay. her cat is featured. Her cat Tonic is in that uh, movie. So he's a star and he's amazing. So she's an amazing trainer. And I, I love seeing uh, all the tricks that she comes up with. They're great. So she'd probably be like, um, and then there's um, um, the people who do the, I guess actually, yeah, the people who do the cat film, like TV and film always have a very high level of, training expertise because they're pressure right <laughs> you're being paid for it <laughs> yep. so those people um are the ones that I tend to to get the most inspiration from mm, yeah definitely gosh it's hard enough to like train Lumos to pay attention when there's a storm going on outside can you imagine if there's cameras that would be really hard well some <laughs> of it is personality based right yeah. like they select these cats that are just um, uh, like they just are, we call them bulletproof. Like anything can go, you know, the whole room can fall apart and the cat's just like, give me a treat. <laughs> like yeah. they'll just, it doesn't matter. Like they're so social and stuff. And it's, that's just personality. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what product service or program has been a game changer for you or your kitties? Um, like what you mean, like a cat school thing or outside that I buy, you're saying you can, you can talk about cat school or you can talk about outside cat school or, um, what have I bought? That's a game changer. I, um, I don't know. I was still looking for the backpack that's mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm going to try the fat backpack I see that you guys use. So that mm-hmm. I'm hoping will be, oh, okay. This one, I really like the Ikea, um, cat or cat carrier dog carrier it's really good I really like it it's made it it has made a big difference it's really big and it's got two doors it's collapsible so that that's been a good one for for me so um I I, I have written it I have put that on my Instagram and like linked to it to show people but that one's a really good one I recommend it Um, okay cool we'll make sure that we include that in the show notes as well yeah it's a really big and yeah that's really cool cool and it's open it's like a tunnel so like you can teach the cat to go through it like a tunnel because it's quite like it's got the two doors so it's instead of it being one of the ones where the cat kind of has to go in and turn around it they can just go right through so Uh, that's really good because yeah that's awesome cool so julie thank you so much for joining us today it's really been a blast i think um we spent most of the time talking about our problems with Lumos and Noxie, but we definitely appreciate that. <laughs> oh, um, where can we follow you, Jones, and Cat School online? Uh, so, base. So, the Instagram is like definitely where we spend the most time. So that's the at cat dot school. Um, we're on Facebook, Cat School Online, and YouTube. I really hope to do more videos in the new year because I know that people want to see those tutorials. So it'll be youtube.com and then forward slash C forward slash cat school. But I'm sure if you Google search cat school, it'll hopefully come up. Or if you go to my website, you'll find that. Yeah. And our website, which is catschool.co. 
And on your um, website, you've also got a few programs that you um, that are available for purchase as well, don't you? Yes. Yeah. So we have the beginner kit, which comes with your school supplies. So your target stick, your clicker and a little guidebook and then the online course. Um, so that's our beginner training kit. And then um, the harness course, the nail trim course are the other two um, that we have right now. Yeah. That's um, and we're currently doing the um, we're using the online course for the beginner training kit. So that's what we're currently up to. It's been working really well for us. So yeah, it's pretty cool. And what we'll do is we'll put all those links and any other links that, of things that we, we spoke about today in our show notes, which will be available at www.catexplorer.co forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. It really would mean the world to us if you could subscribe to the Cat Explorer podcast on wherever you listen to your podcast. It'll help us continue to keep getting some awesome guests and they'll be able to keep inspiring you and help giving you heaps of advice on how to explore with your kitty. And we'd also love it if you check out the Cat Explorer merchandise, which is available at www.catexplorer.co. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, beanies, and so much more. Check it out to see how you can show your pride at being a Cat Explorer. And as always, thank you so much for being a part of the Cat Explorer community. We're so grateful for each and every one of you. That's it for today, and we'll catch you next time. In the meantime, enjoy giving your kitty the world. <laughs>